This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. They were short like 800 some odd firefighters. There's a bunch of people I know that just got out that were, are fully capable of doing a good job. If they're short firefighters, I mean, I would gladly go help in that situation. I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth in Mission. That was Jeffrey Choate. He was released from state prison July 3rd. His last nine months in prison were spent at a fire camp in Fort Bragg. He learned how to fight fires, use a chainsaw, and thin forests. He got fit and made friends and liked the job. Readers of The Chronicle may remember a column I wrote about Jeffrey last year. He was homeless and addicted to drugs in the Tenderloin, where he received no offers of treatment and was left to do pretty much whatever he wanted on the sidewalks. Then he was picked up in San Mateo County shoplifting from a Marshall store. He was sentenced to five years in state prison, a symbol of how neighboring counties take such vastly different approaches to the drug crisis. Neither approach is very effective. Now Jeffrey is a symbol of another governmental failure. He liked his time at the fire camp and wants to become a firefighter, a job desperately needed in California as wildfires grow worse every year because of climate change. But ironically, his criminal record prevents him from getting the job. Later in the podcast, we'll hear from Rashid Lockhart, who learned CPR and firefighting skills while incarcerated at San Quentin. But like Jeffrey, he can't use those skills now that he's out. But first, here's Jeffrey. Jeffrey Choate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, I'm curious to hear about your time at the Parlin Fort Conservation Camp. You were there from last fall until July when you were released from the state prison system. Can you describe what the camp was like and kind of how you spent your days there? The camp was off in basically the redwood forest of Mendocino County. Um, There's no fences. And uh, you basically have the CDC side, which is dorm living. And uh, then you have the Cal Fire side, which is the basically the inmate firefighters where you go to work or you go on fire calls. And uh, what did you do each day? Can you describe like how a day would go from when you woke up to when you went to bed? Uh, we get up and uh, we'd eat breakfast at 7.30 in the morning. And uh, we had work call at 8.30. And uh, a normal day of work would be going to what we call grade. And that's um, basically fuel reduction, which kind of goes back to that campfire where people couldn't get out. and. Uh, uh, thinning out the thin trees um, with chainsaws and a uh, fire crew just around roads. So basically people have an exit if there's any uh, fires in their area, which makes it safer. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty strenuous physical labor. Yeah, you get used to it, but um, yeah, it's, if you're not in good shape, yeah, mm-hmm. it can be. Mm-hmm. And you told me that you were working out too. So you got pretty fit. Yeah. Until I came out and all the gyms were closed down. <laughs> right. Um, and then how much did you get paid? Um, well, normally you get $2.90 a day. and uh, But if you work on a saw team, you'll get, um, I think it's $3.40 a day. And if you um, become like a, a swamper or a drag spoon, which kind of does all the extracurricular stuff, like making sure there's water and everything else, they kind of have after hour stuff to do. 
Uh, they get paid somewhere around the like four dollar fifty cent to five dollar range. I'm not exactly sure, mm-hmm. but somewhere in there. And then if you're sent on an actual fire, I understand you get an extra dollar per hour. Yeah, it was two dollars an hour, and this fire season they cut us down to one dollar an hour. Wow, that is kind of insane that it's so little pay for such hard work. It's not even anywhere near minimum wage in the state. No, but uh, we are prisoners, so I guess you know we are paying for our crimes. Um, but yes, it is for the pay. It is very hard work. Yeah, and did you like being there? Did you like the job? Um, I didn't when I first got there because I kind of saw it like I saw it for what it was, but um, I had to make an attitude adjustment with myself. I became someone you could actually count on and like want on your crew as opposed to a problem. So it took some uh, a little bit of time, but I definitely changed to that. And I ended up um, it can be enjoyable if you have the right attitude. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you um, from what I learned about you over the past couple of years that you kind of felt like you had a purpose for the first time in a while. Yeah, it was definitely I'm used to playing a sport. So it's kind of like that team atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, even though it's it's still prison and it's um, not everyone is necessarily wants to be there. Uh, when you're going on fires, these guys, you know, overnight and all that stuff, you, um, definitely build like a sense of camaraderie mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, even the people you don't like, you end up getting close with. So it's kind of, it's good for that, you know? And then you were released in July because your sentence was reduced due to a change in state law, correct? Yeah. They took a year off my sentence for the SB 136. And what was it like when you were learning, you know, over the past couple of weeks that fires were burning all over California out of control and um, Cal Fire was very understaffed and you and your fellow um, uh, inmates from the fire camps have the ability to help, but you're not allowed to under the way the system works. It's very hard for people who've been trained at the camps to become firefighters. Well, because of your criminal record. So it's kind of a catch 22. Yeah. And it's, it is possible, but it's definitely not like a likely thing to happen. Um, it's highly unlikely, but it still can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I noticed the numbers when I got out because they had quarantined everybody. Cause, uh, when the COVID thing happened in San Quentin, they COVID or they, uh, quarantined everybody, um, through the camp system and tested everybody to make sure that there was, uh, no COVID in the camp system. But for those two weeks before this happened, I think it was it was two weeks. I ended up leaving in the middle of it. So I don't know if it, they kept people quarantined for longer. I don't know exactly what happened with it. But, um, you know, while that was happening, there was no inmate fire or inmate firefighting crews going out. So when this happened, I'm sure they were off quarantine. But I noticed that they were still saying that they were short like 800 some odd firefighters. And, you know, there's there's a bunch of people I know that just got out there or are fully capable of doing a good job at you know, uh, what they were asked to do in the fire camps. And, um, if they're short firefighters, I mean, I would gladly go help in that situation. Mm -hmm. Is it something that would interest you over the long term to enter this as a profession? It would. Yeah. It would definitely be beneficial. Like it's something that, um, I grew to enjoy. Uh And obviously the state desperately needs it with climate change, making these fires worse. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it was kind of one of those things that I still think about like the crews that I was with uh, or the crew that I was with. And like, you know, some of the guys that are still out there fighting these fires that are, you know, obviously uh, I think they're a little more under control now, but it was, you know, so that still kind of goes there because it's like, as much as I don't want to be in prison, I still kind of wish I was there with them. Right. 
And the state legislature in, San- in Sacramento has a bill um, that it they're taking up right now, which would make it easier for people like you to get your records expunged if you did well at the fire camps so that you'd have an easier time getting hired. Um, what would you say to legislators who are deciding on whether they're going to vote yes or no on that right now and to Governor Gavin Newsom, who would need to sign it for it to go into effect? Well, the first thing I would say, it's the same problem that happened with Prop 57, the proposition that is letting out the nonviolent people after their base term is if they're going to do something, they need to make that a law and stop leaving it up to judges and district attorneys and all this, because they could sit here and tell us that's going to happen all they want. And you bring it into a courtroom and a judge just denies the motion. So I've seen that way too many times. So if they're going to do that, they need to make it law. If they're going to vote on it, like make sure it's going to happen and stop leaving it up to CDC, stop leaving it up to judges and district attorneys and just make it a law. Take the power that they have and do that instead of leaving it up to other people who are just going to deny motions all day. Um, do you think it would make sense for the governor to sign that law? Absolutely. There's a bunch of people I know who are uh, actually looking forward to that, that thought it was already law. <laughs> <laughs> it was passed by the assembly, but Senate still has to take it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, if if that does go into effect and the governor signs it, would you and you were able to get your record expunged, would you apply for a job as a firefighter? Um, I would try. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. All right. Thank you, Heather. I'll be right back with Rashid Lockhart, who was incarcerated at San Quentin and has become an advocate for changing California laws that prevent him from becoming a municipal firefighter. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm back with Rashid Lockhart, who spent years at San Quentin learning life-saving skills. He'd love to become a firefighter and paramedic, but he can't because of his criminal record a bill that would make it easier for people who successfully trained as firefighters in prison to get their records expunged, has passed the state assembly, but still needs approval from the Senate and from Governor Gavin Newsom. Rashid Lockhart, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. So you were released from the California prison system about six months ago, and you had a very interesting job while you were there at San Quentin. wondered if you could tell um, the listeners how you spent your days there. I did. I was a lead engineer on a type one fire engine, as well as the lead on the ambulance crew. For me, a a day in the life was, you know, up in the morning, doing vehicle inspections, taking full inventories um, of all the equipment on my fire engine, and then doing the same thing for our ambulance and doing inventory on all the equipment in the medical bags, on the ambulance, cleaning around the firehouse. I mean, it's, it, it was a, functional, a fully functioning firehouse that functions no differently than any other firehouse on the streets. Uh, we were on standby waiting for the next call to come, which would happen the same way that it happens at a firehouse, you know, anywhere in your neighborhood or in the world, right? Um, calls come in through either the phone or dispatch, and then we, we, we respond. And you um, learned some basic EMT type paramedic um, jobs too, right? You told me that you administered CPR on on about 50 different people while you were doing this job. Yes, absolutely. So what it was is we got what's um, certified as basic first responders training, and that's to be able to, (laughs) 
to administer your basic first aid. And did you like the job? I loved it. It was the most fulfilling thing I had ever been a part of in my life. I mean, it gave me this absolute sense of camaraderie that I had never felt in any other way. And you're talking to somebody who was a former gang member. And, you know, for a lot of people, you know, being a part of a gangs is that, right? The camaraderie that, you know, we think that's our family or, you know, that's our people where we can feel included at. Well, the truth of the matter is it's not exactly that, you know what I mean? It can be for some people that wasn't exactly my experience. Um, and this gave me the ultimate sense of camaraderie. And then it also gave me the ultimate sense of purpose. So you love that work and you'd like to continue working as a firefighter and paramedic, you know, long-term, but in this weird um, system that California has, you cannot do that. So can you explain why that is and and why the state has this strange system? It's kind of a catch-22 because they train you as an inmate, but then once you're out, you can't actually use the training. Right. It's like slavery, right? It's not, the job is not slavery. We want to be there. That's what we want to do. That's what we train to do, right? The same way that every firefighter, whether a municipal firefighter or a wildland firefighter does, they train to do that job. It's hard work, we know it, and we want to do it, we love it. However, like slavery, right, where in the 13th Amendment, it's only allowed while incarcerated, right, as a form of punishment, whatever, however it's stated in there. And unfortunately, it's like this firefighting for the most part, right? We can only do it while we're incarcerated, which, you know, it's 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 horrible but the reason why is for me being a municipal firefighter city firefighter in order to be most of these departments out here almost all of them want their firefighters to have emt certifications right which would allow for whoever responds to an incident can give the same level of treatment that an emt would give and that's absolutely understandable the problem is state law um, blocks us from getting that emt certification because of our felony records. And you told me when we were speaking earlier that it's, you know, so counterintuitive because if somebody's having a heart attack or can't breathe, they just want somebody to help them. They're not going to stop and say, wait, what is your criminal background? I'm not sure that you, I want you saving my life. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, they're the some of the naysayers have said um, that, you know, they don't want people with, with records coming into their homes. Well, I understand that. And it's like I told you before, you know, I understand that, but I highly doubt that you're going to be looking for qualifications if you're laying there grasping your chest, having Mm -hmm. a potential heart attack, or if you're in some worse traumatic situation. I don't think you're going to say, well, hey, stop. Um, Can I see your credentials, please, before you allow me to administer (laughs) the help that you need? And it's unfortunate because, you know, I relate the story to you of I believe I did, of a time that we had a structure fire at San Quentin and we were able to respond to a fully um, lit structure fire and have it out in a matter of like 11 to 14 minutes or something like that. And by the time our mutual aid came from Moran and Greenbrae, um, we had had the fire fully extinguished and we're sitting outside breaking down our equipment, you know, um, disconnecting from the hydrants and DCing our hoses and stuff like that. And as the, um, the, our mutual aid came to come do standby, which is what they do, they were looking at us, I'll never forget looking at us, and I could see the questioning look on some of their faces of like, mm-hmm. are those incarcerated firefighters? Or, you know, because we didn't have any obvious patches that said, you know, San Quentin or anything like that. Yeah. And their chief actually took it upon on himself at that time to line them up and point to them and, and have a conversation with his crew 
about what response and what heart looks like. And Mm -hmm. it was the most validating thing. But one of the things that was my biggest takeaway was looking at some of these 25 year old kids, you know, I'm 42 now. And some of them didn't look any different from anybody on our crew. Right. Right. And so going, you know, back to this thing of why some people wouldn't want us coming into their homes. Well, we don't look any different than the people that are coming into their homes now. So if it's, yeah, and you have the same training, and we have the same exact training. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've become an advocate since leaving um, San Quentin on this issue because, you know, you lived it and you speak really well about it. Um, Why, you know, just to listeners who aren't familiar with this issue, why is it the right thing to do for California to change the way this program works and to allow all of you to get the jobs that you were trained for? Well, it's the ultimate rehabilitation. It's the ultimate second chance. And it's beneficial to the state of California financially. Right. You have a whole you have at your disposal a whole nother workforce that is willing and loves this career just as much as those who have done it without going through the backdoor system of incarceration, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and have paid, you know, paid their dues and went through, you know, the college classes and 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 the academies and all that. Well, we've done the same exact thing. And California has at its disposal a whole nother thousands of, of, of individuals who are ready to go do the same job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would save the state just as much money to take these people out of incarceration and put them into the workforce as it would mm-hmm. to have them fighting while they're incarcerated. And it would make you less likely to commit another crime. Recidivism would go it down will. if people could get jobs. Absolutely make us less likely to return to prison. And, and I'll tell you what, you, I've, I shared this story with you, I believe, and you take, you know, a kid that comes from nothing, right, whether it's him, her, they, whatever they want to identify as, somebody that's coming from a very system-impacted environment and has never had any job or anything like that and is a part of any, every type of badge you can think of. I don't care how bad it is. They're a part of every type of badge you can think of. And they get the opportunity to go to a fire camp. I guarantee you. 10 out of 10 of those individuals want to continue doing this career when they get out and are willing to do it. Because I tell you what, we don't have to be at fire camps. We don't have to be at the firehouses. These are privileged programs that we actually get to be a part of, right? Mm -hmm. The system isn't fair in how they pay us and the opportunities presented for us coming out. But the fact is, these are programs that we have to, one, we have to go past all of our certifications, our physical training. So these are, this is something we really want to do. And so these same individuals who are impacted individuals that will, will put forth the effort to break from the mold of incarceration and whatever it is that they might have been you know, subject to, to say, hey, I want to go out there, give back to my community, mm-hmm. right? I want to be able to save life and property as well as, you know, fulfill something within me that may need to be, you know, filled as far as, you know, doing something that's not as selfish as I may have have been or, you know, that was crime rating or whatever. You you mentioned the pay. That's another alarming piece of this. um, Yes. This whole thing is that you're basically paid way less than minimum wage. What was the amount you would get at San Quentin? So ISN Quentin was making, I think, almost 53 cents an hour. I was working, I was on call 24 seven, right? Um, So, and that was seven days a week and I was only paid for eight hours a day for five days a week. Um, Sometimes we get calls two, three times throughout the day, two, three times through the middle of the night, but I don't get paid for that time at night, right? 
but I get That's the crazy. luxury, the quote unquote luxury, right. I get the quote unquote luxury of living at the firehouse outside of the prison where I'm not subject to, you know, prison politics or violence or anything like that, or even correctional officers breathing all over my back. I get to basically mm -hmm. live as though I'm free. I do call it the transitional house for us, mm -hmm. right? Where in that, you know, we get to, it helps us transition out into society because it was a very integral part of my transitioning into society, being able to deal with people on a different level that wasn't like us and the incarcerated person, you know, us versus mm -hmm. them. It was more like, oh, there's a little bit of a level playing field here. And I get to interact with some pretty more, you know, basic everyday people than I would if I were on the <laughs> inside. So, yeah. so they try to, that's used as the incentive for only getting paid um, mm -hmm. 53 cents. And I, and I want to be clear, right? Our fire captains and our fire chiefs, they wanted us to get, you know, better pay. But, you know, California as a system just would not, would not bend, which is crazy because there are prisons inside of that. I mean, there are jobs inside of that prison, excuse me, that make minimum wage doing, yeah. you know, filling vials or putting plastic vials in boxes. They get paid minimum wage for that. Right. Working on air conditioning units or doing coding, which is a great thing. Right. Whereas here we are risking our, our lives, mm -hmm. saving lives. And we're not even we get 53 cents an hour. That's crazy. Well, it seems like California might not have any choice but to change this system because we clearly do not have enough fire firefighters to deal with these huge fires that are just getting worse and worse every year um, because of climate change. I mean, it, this past few weeks have just been a nightmare in, in California. Um, so it seems like it would be a real win for the state, you know, to have more people to help fight these fires, as well as for the formerly incarcerated people themselves. That's right. I mean, again, we have a whole workforce at, at, at their disposal. They just have to take advantage of it. It's hard to hear Cal Fire get on TV with some of the largest fires in the state's history and say, hey, you, as the public, we need you to be patient with us because we're undermanned, we're understaffed, or we're, we lack the resources. But what they're not saying is we lack the incarcerated firefighters, right? Because the numbers have gone down due to the mass outbreak of COVID within the prison systems, which is a whole nother issue that um, our incarcerated firefighters are having to navigate, right? So it's like wildland fires and COVID-19 all at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 to to know that, you know, they're not saying that, you, I mean, we save the state a hundred million a year, right? Bottom line, they need to go in and say, hey, once, I mean, because why isn't our service at these fire camps and firehouses the same thing as the academy? for your everyday firefighter, right? That should entitle mm -hmm. us to go right into the workforce and, mm -hmm. and it would definitely save the state more money and it would double their workforce. Right. Well, lastly, there's a proposal um, in Sacramento right now, which I believe has been, as we speak, it could change any minute, but it's been approved by the assembly, but not the Senate yet. And um, the session ends Monday. Um, so getting down to the wire. What would you say to senators who are going to take up this issue as well as Governor Gavin Newsom if it makes it to his desk about the importance of signing this, which would allow um, records to be expunged if you've been through the fire camp system and um, eventually hopefully get hired? Climate change is real, right? Our population growth is real. Fires are going to happen and fires are devastating to our state and they, it's costing our state a lot of money to handle these fires. It's costing us a lot of resources. 
um, you have at your disposal a whole workforce of people who are just as willing as your teenage kids who want to go to fire academies and go through whatever they need to go through to be firefighters who are more than willing to get out here and be a part of this society and be the first one called in when there's a disaster. Um, mm -hmm. Passing this bill is, is passing the belief in hope for our state and the people and the turnaround that we need to have for incarceration and giving people the options and the resources to do something better with their lives. And what more um, of a reward is there than to actually take somebody who was formerly incarcerated and turn them into the, to the people that come running into a disaster, you know, willingly to save life and property. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for all of your good work. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to advocate. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Jeffrey Choate and Rashid Lockhart for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening.